Lord, you are worthy of it all, God, and we sing Jesus, our Savior. We give you the highest praise. Lord, thank you for being our maker, God. Thank you that you care deeply for us, Lord. Thank you for the assurance we have in your word, Lord. And I ask now that your Holy Spirit would just come, continue to fill our hearts, and now anoint your word as we study it this morning. So we continue to give you the highest praise, even as we look into your word. We give you this time in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Grab your Bibles. This morning, if you can um, open them up to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. And I don't want to forget, aloha, good morning, first service. And so blessed to see everyone out. Blessed uh, to see our church, Ohana, online. Welcome you guys, too. And this morning, we're going to be continuing our series here. And before we get into that, just a real quick uh, announcement. Remember our Christmas Aloha 2020, we're doing our angel tree giving. And so uh, the guys are going to be at the table and back. I uh, hope that you can uh, help out and purchase a gift for these children of incarcerated parents. And also be involved, not just in purchasing the gift, but maybe be involved in giving the gifts out too. So you can grab some more information about that after the service over at the back table. Now, um, I wanted to tell you, my full name is Rick Shoji Nagura. That's my full name. I hardly hear that, you know. Maybe I write it here and there, you know, official documents. But, you know, I go, I, I, I go, I, I go by many names in my life, right? I mean, most people, they use the name Rick, and they call me Rick. My parents and sister, well, they actually call me Ricky. Uh, that's the way it was. When I was very small, my mom used to call me Keke because my, sis- my little sister couldn't say Ricky, and it came out Keke. So sometimes my mom would call me Keke in that way. Now some people use the name Pastor Rick, or sometimes they just call me Pastor, and that's my name to them. But I'll tell you what, don't ever call me reverend or I'll kill you. No, I just, I hate that. Yeah, I, I, I don't want that reverend thing. Now, I have a new name that I really like hearing, and that is Grandpa. <laughs> and there's another name that's just as dear to me, and that's when my kids and my daughter-in-law call me Dad. So we all go by different names, Right? Well, the Bible gives us names of God that relate really to how God works in our life, who He is, His attributes in that way. And that's what we've been studying in this series. Seven names from the Bible. There's many names of the Lord, of God in the Bible, but I picked out seven that really I've been using to, in my own prayer life, I, I, I pray, I, I use these Names to pray through and uh, uh, come to the Lord with and praise Him with and worship with. And I hope as we're learning that you guys can do the same thing. So we are continuing our series here in the seven names of God. And this is part three. And this is the last of our series. Now, we've gone through in our first part, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, and Jehovah Nisi. Last week, we did Jehovah Shalom and Jehovah Shammah. But this week in our final part three in our series is two more names, and that's Jehovah Elohim and Jehovah 
Ra'ah or Jehovah Rohi. Uh, it's pretty interchangeable, those two titles, but I've chosen Ra'ah here. So that's our outline for today. Number one, Jehovah Elohim and Jehovah Raha as we come to part three of seven names of God. So we're going to be turning in scripture again as we have in the past few weeks. And today, though, we're going to start out in Genesis chapter two with verse four. Later, we're going to look at verse seven in this section. But here is Genesis chapter two, verse four. Now, take a look with me here. It reads, these are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. And so let's take a look at this uh, verse right here. We begin with how the heavens and the earth, uh, they were basically made by God. This is what, the, what they're saying. And it says here, these are the generations. The word generation there really means a, a count. Uh, or this Hebrew word could mean birth. So that's why the ESV uses generations here. But the real idea is this is, a, this is the account or the history of the birth of creation, basically. And it's really going to focus in on uh, the creation of human beings. But right now, here, Moses writing this starts out with this account of the heavens and earth, of how they were created here and then notice how it's it goes on at the end of verse 4 they were created in that day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens now the Lord God is actually the first instance of those two words together the Lord and God the word Lord if in your Bibles you notice they're all capital letters right and I told you uh, the other week, that when you see in the Old Testament all capital letters, that is the word Jehovah or Yahweh. So we see here the first instance of Jehovah here in verse 4, Genesis chapter 2. And then along with that is the word God. Now the word God there is the Hebrew word Elohim. And so thus our heading Jehovah Elohim. And that's what we're going to be looking at here. So Jehovah we know is Yahweh, right? And Elohim, or God here, actually means the mighty God. Or for me, it's really speaking about the powerful creator. That's what Elohim means. The powerful creator, the mighty God, the powerful creator. And you know what? Guess what? I want to tell you. Jesus is Elohim. Jesus is Jehovah Elohim. Speaking about Jesus in John chapter 1, verse 3. Three, it says, all things were made through him, that's Jesus, and without him was not anything made that was made. So when we talk about Jehovah Elohim, just understand we're talking about God, we're talking about Jesus, we're talking about our Jesus. So in a sense, you can say Jehovah Elohim, he's your powerful creator, our Jesus as we are believers in Jesus Christ. Now, there's a few things I want to show you here about Jehovah Elohim. And number one is this. God powerfully created everything around you. When we talk about Jehovah Elohim, that puts in our mind that God powerfully created everything around you. Now, go to uh, chapter 1 of Genesis Go to verse 1, and maybe you turn a page. Uh, and there in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, look, it says, In the beginning, 
God created the heavens and the earth. This is the opening verse of the whole Bible. And it begins with, in the beginning, God. And that word God is the word Elohim. He is the mighty God. He's the powerful creator who created the heavens and the earth. Now the heavens, it really speaks about like the atmosphere or, or more even focusing on space, the universe, everything out there. The earth, well, the earth we know, everything about the earth, the earth itself, uh, everything on the earth, the living beings, everything. So God created everything, all of that there. And just a little note, it says in verse 1, in the beginning, you know what that speaks of? Time. God created time. When he created everything, the universe and, and everything on this planet, you know what? Time began. So think about time, space, yeah? The earth, matter, everything. God is the Elohim, the powerful creator. So Jehovah Elohim, the Lord God, powerfully created everything. Now, one word I want you to look at too, it says in verse 1, uh, Elohim created. Now, the word created is the Hebrew word bara. And that means to make something out of nothing. So that's what the Lord did here is out of nothing. That's how powerful he is. He brought into existence. Yeah. Heavens, the earth, everything, time, all of that. I mean, he's in eternity, so there's no time. But he brought time into being and everything now that our watches, our clocks, and all of that. God created all of that. So he powerfully created everything from nothing. That's how incredible Jehovah Elohim is. That's how wonderful Jehovah Elohim is, in our, even in our lives and in, in how the place we live. God created everything, everything we see. I mean, look at the universe, right? Think about the complexity of the galaxies and planets and stars out there. I mean, we don't understand it, all of it. But we do see, the even in the complexities, that it is mathematically, logically running like a clock, right? That's how uh, astronauts could go into space and come back, because they can math mathematically predict and know the orbits and things like that. I mean, think about our own solar system too. You know, we have the sun, the moon, the earth, all of that. It's just amazing how everything works, let alone other galaxies that are spoken of. So look at the universe. Look at the heavens, basically. How about our earth? Yeah, our earth is amazing and and scientists are still trying to understand the core and what's underneath us and what's around the core and then the crust and what's underneath. And even in recent years, like five, five years or so, they've discovered things that they never knew about the Earth's core. But then on top of the, the, uh, the Earth, right, is our whole land and ocean or, and our beautiful island Maui. Yeah? And you think about next time you're driving down the hill, Look out, see the ocean, see the mountains, see, see the aina everywhere. Think about God created all of that. Put that in your mind, worship and praise him for all that he did. And, and you know the interesting thing is, is that, well, he made living beings, the plants, everything, all of us, the animals, everything there. You know the interesting thing is that 
we live on a planet with the perfect atmosphere, a combination of oxygen, nitrogen, and some other gases. And, and, and God put that together so we can live and breathe and living beings and animals can live. Or how about this? I, I think this is always amazing how we breathe in oxygen and we exhale what? Carbon dioxide. Remember learning that in school. And what do plants breathe in? Carbon dioxide. And what do they exhale? Oxygen. I mean, who thought of that? God did. God did. God is our powerful creator. And then there's those things we cannot see that God created on the molecular level. The elements. You know, remember in science class, the, the chart of elements there? Or, or how about... Uh, molecules, you know, everything's made up of molecules, and the molecules are made up of what? Atoms, right? And inside an atom is like the, the nucleus and, and protons, electrons. Electrons are rotating around the nucleus, and really all matter, even solid things, are made up of energy. Uh, we can't see that, but that's what scientists have discovered, and God even made all of that. And think about Atomic energy is so powerful. If you split an atom, what happens? It's a huge nuclear bomb and destroys everything, right? That's how incredible all of this is. And even Colossians tells us that, that, that Jesus or the Lord holds everything together because scientists can't even explain how, how a positive electron can stay with a negative charge and not go flying all around. They call it atomic glue, basically. That's the only way they can explain. But you know what? The Bible tells us it's God. So, Jehovah Elohim, your Jehovah, your Jesus, made all of this. All of this. And understanding that now, keeping putting that in your mind, this should powerfully change your life, you guys. To know God is the one who powerfully created everything around you. You know, it's been said, if you believe Genesis 1-1, you can believe the rest of the Bible, right? If God created everything powerfully, if He is Elohim, Jehovah Elohim, then everything else He says, everything else He does, everything else He promises, oh, you can believe, you can hold on to, you can stand on. So do you firmly believe Genesis 1-1? When we just read it, can you say, Oh, Lord, I believe that you, you did this. And if so, then this one verse and this idea of Elohim and Jehovah Elohim should change everything about everything. I mean, think about it like this. All that you see in creation should teach you to trust the Creator for all that you don't see in your life. He, he created it all. He knows. He knows what's going on. So listen, are you struggling today? Are you, are, you, are, are you feeling like, I don't know if I can make it? Are you wondering, is there really some hope? I, are you, do you ever feel like, oh, I don't know, Lord, the devil's winning. Yeah, I don't know, maybe he's going to win. Are you overwhelmed with huge problems, maybe even things you, you can't understand? You think, God, really? Can you really take care of this? Are you really uh, working something here? Just remember, Jehovah Elohim. The Lord is your powerful creator. And you know what? If he's the creator, then he can do anything, right? Yeah. Amen? Amen? Turn over to now Jeremiah 
I want you to see this. Jeremiah 32, 17. 32, 17. Go, uh, Jeremiah, go past Psalms. Go past uh, Proverbs. Go past Isaiah. And the next stop is Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 17. Jeremiah 32, 17. This is a word for you today. Jeremiah 32, 17. And may you hear the Lord speaking to you. Jeremiah writes in Jeremiah 32, 17. All Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your what great power and by your outstretched arm. And then he says, nothing is too hard for you. Do you see what it says here? Nothing is too hard for the Lord. Nothing is too difficult in the way God is going to work in your life. Nothing is too hard for Him to accomplish in your life. Nothing, you guys, nothing is too hard for the Lord. Our Jehovah, our Jehovah who? Elohim, you guys. Put that in your heart. Put that in your mind. Hold on to it in faith. And no, this is your Jesus. This is the one in your life, Jehovah Elohim. All right, let's go back now to Genesis chapter 2. And I want you to see verse 7 now. God, gave, uh, God powerfully created everything around you. And the second thing I want to show you is God gave you the breath of life. God gave you the breath of life. And we're going to see this in verse 7 of Genesis chapter 2. So back in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it reads here, And the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. So here in verse 7, it says, And the Lord God, who's that? Jehovah Elohim, right? Formed the man out of the dust. In other words, from the elements in the ground, he made the human being. I mean, we're made of like, Water, calcium, carbon, iron, uh, nitrogen, hydrogen, oxygen, sulfur, chlorine, phosphorus, magnesium. That, that's what we're made up of. And God put us all together in the right way to make a human being. So God took those elements out of the dust of the ground and formed, made, created the man. Or, and, and then he breathed into the nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living creature. So God breathed in to the man, and the heart started pounding. The blood started flowing. And suddenly, this human being that was lifeless before became a living creature, a living human being. And, and this is what Jehovah Elohim, our powerful creator, did. Now, let me tell you, God did not just start physical life for us. When God breathed into us, He didn't do this with any of the other animals. It was only the human being He breathed into. And that means not just a physical life, physical life, but it means when God breathed in us that God has given you a consciousness and a soul. That's what's coming here. You know why God did that? So we can have a relationship with the Creator. Now look up into chapter 1 of Genesis, verse 27. It all relates this to verse 7 in chapter 2, but 
Genesis 1.27 says, So God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him, male and female, he created them. See, human beings, we are created in God's image. Uh, we've heard that term, you're made in the image of God, right? So here's what it's telling us. We, ha- we have this consciousness. We have this soul that God breathed into us. Well, he did that because when he created us back in verse 27, he made us in his image. And that means, number one, we have a moral capacity. We have a moral capacity. That means God gave all of us, human beings, a conscience and a ability and the ability, the capacity to reasoning. Reason. We have reasoning, conscience, so we're able to reason, well, what's right and what's wrong. We have that capacity to make moral choices. So, number one, when it means that, what it means that we're made in God's image is that we have a moral capacity. Number two, we have a spiritual capability. A spiritual capability. You see, we have the capability as human beings to have salvation from God. We have the ability to live for God, to serve God, to connect with God, to to worship Him. That is what we have. We have the spiritual capability. And think about where it says we're made in God's image, right? In the image of God. We have the ability to reflect God's character. So that's the whole picture here. So when, when uh, God, Jehovah Elohim, breathed into this human being that he just created and it came to life, it has all this capability. It, it gained a consciousness, it gained a soul, and this being, our human body, has the moral capacity and spiritual capability. Notice something. If you look at verse 25 in chapter 1 of Genesis, Genesis 1, 24, it says, And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures, what? According to their kinds. And that at the end of the verse, uh, creeping things, beasts in the earth, according to their kind. Genesis 1, 25, And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. But then look at verse 26, And then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness or according to our likeness. He changed it. He didn't say, uh, it doesn't say according to the kind, according to the kind. Yeah, their kind. It changed. Right then, it says in verse 26, God said, hey, let's make man in after our likeness. So that's what we see with being made in the image of God. So, all this to say is Jehovah Elohim made you into a spiritual being with the capacity now to know God, with the capability now to know God and have fellowship with Him. Now let me tell you one more thing with this. Theologically, Jehovah, Yahweh, is God's covenant name. That's what they call it. His covenant name. That's what the Lord said. This is my covenant name, Jehovah, or Lord, Yahweh. In other words, what does that mean, his covenant name? It means that's his relationship name to us. 
as human beings. It's like um, my mom and dad, I'll call them, oh, this, uh, this is my parents. Yeah? Or maybe, you know, you'll call someone you know very well, my friend. You're my friend. Yeah? And that's their name. It speaks about that relationship you have with them. So when we use the word Jehovah, that's his covenant name. That's a relationship name that God said, use this when you talk to me. So here's the thing. In Genesis 1-1, and in chapter 1, all throughout 1, we saw in the beginning Elohim. But then in chapter 2, when we come into chapter 2 and gives a little summary and more detail about the creation of human beings, he changes that to use the Lord God, Jehovah Elohim. Why? Because he's focusing on dealing with human beings. So it's changed to Jehovah Elohim. So do you understand now? Jehovah Elohim. Do you understand when, when He made us and He breathed life into us, God, right, gave you the breath of life. He made you a soul. He made you someone who can have a relationship with God. That's how He created us. That's what separates us and differentiates us from animals. He specifically focused in on human beings, you and I, men and women, people, to have a relationship with God. Early church father Clement said, man is born to have connection with God. So, do you see now? We are created with a purpose, you guys. We are created with meaning in our lives. And I'll tell you what, if you have... If you lose that connection with God, then you've lost your purpose in life. Perhaps that's why you feel so empty. Perhaps that disconnect had made you feel miserable and joyless. Yeah? Think about maybe some of you before you came to Christ, right? Before you came to Christ, you were trying to fill that emptiness with different things. Yeah? With material things, money, Hobbies, sports, maybe a relationship, or whatever that was. And, and none of those things, no matter how much you had, would fill that emptiness inside you. But when you came to Jesus, what happened? That's it. That's everything. I, I feel content, fulfilled. I have meaning in my life. There's purpose in my life. You know why? Because that's the way we were created. When Adam and Eve sinned, they lost that connection. And sin brings that lost connection. But Jesus Christ brings back that connection. But even sometimes as believers, we forget our purpose, right? We forget the meaning in our life. Do not lose who you are. Do not lose how God has created you. Do not lose what life is all about. Isn't that what people ask? Yeah. Uh, and philosophy, you know, is what is the meaning of life, right? What is that? Well, you know what it is? It's God. It's Jesus Christ. It's to connect and have fellowship with Him. That's why, it, it, you know, there's something about coming together and worshiping, right? It's so fulfilling. There's something about studying the Word because it's all connecting us to God. There's something about Jesus we enjoy so much, we enjoy Jesus. We want more of the Lord because that's our purpose. That's how we're uh, created. 
And that's why Jesus came, to restore what was lost. And if you're here today, if you're connected online, you know what? You can have meaning. You can find purpose in your life through Jesus Christ. If you only come to him, give your life to him. That's why Jesus died on the cross and rose again from the dead and paid the penalty for our sins so we can be forgiven and get reconnected with the Lord that was lost and with Adam and Eve. And now we have purpose. We have meaning because God created us that way. And know this, you are worth much because God created you. You are worth much in that because Jesus died on a cross for you. And you are worth so much because God made you with a purpose. And you know, ultimately, it's for us to fall in love with Jesus and worship Him. What comes to my mind is a song by Chris Tomlin uh, years ago. It's a worship song called Made to Worship. You guys remember that? Let me read you the lyrics. It says, You and I were made to worship. You and I are called to love. You and I are forgiven and free. When you and I embrace surrender, when you and I choose to believe, then you and I will see who we were meant to be. Jehovah Elohim. Let it remind you of all these things that God... God's a creator. God made everything. And God put the breath of life into you to make you a being that could know Him and love Him more. All right, Jehovah Elohim. Let's go on now to number two in our outline. Jehovah Ra'ah. Jehovah Ra'ah. And for this, I want you to turn to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. And uh, we're going to go a little more faster through this since... Running a little bit behind, but Psalm 23, Psalm 23, verse 1. And we're going to spend some time in here. Psalm 23, verse 1. It says here, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, this is a well-known psalm. So for some of you, it's your favorite psalm. Uh, uh, it's read all over the place. But let's look at this for a moment. It begins with the Lord is my shepherd. There's that word Lord, that Jehovah, yeah, is my shepherd. And the word shepherd there is Ra'a, Ra'a, or Ro'i. Uh, it's interchangeable. Um, um, I think Ra'a came from Ro'i, so some guys use uh, Jehovah Ro'i. Um, I, I chose today to do Ra'a, so Jehovah Ra'a, right there, Jehovah Ra'a, uh, Jehovah, the Lord is my shepherd. And so here we see David writing about how God is our shepherd. And we as God's people, we are like God's people, human beings. And understand, Jesus talked about the same thing as being a shepherd of believers. In John 10, 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So again, Jesus is your Jehovah Ra'am. Now I'm going to quickly go over three things that you, you can, in a sense, take away and understand about Jesus being, or Jehovah being, your Ra'ah. So, number one is trust Jehovah Ra'ah to take care of everything. Yeah, you can trust Jehovah Ra'ah to take care of everything. Notice here, David starts out with Jehovah Ra'ah, Je Lord is my shepherd, and he says, I shall not want. That means, I have no lack. 
I, I have no need of anything. Nothing is missing. The NLT says, I have all that I need. So, the shepherd of your souls, the shepherd of your life, Jehovah Ra'ah, he will be sure to see that all your needs are properly met at the right time in the right way. And let me tell you, this isn't just provisional we're talking about. This includes not just provisional, but physical, emotional, mental, and all our spiritual needs even. If you take a peek at verse 2, it says, He makes me lie down in green pastures, leads me beside still waters. Sheep are really skittish, and so the shepherd will bring him to the nice green pastures for food and rest and lie. And he'll bring, bring them by the still waters, the rushing water that they're more scared of. They're all skittish. So God will take care of all your needs, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, or spiritual. I was reading how out of all the livestock, sheep require constant attention and special care. Sounds like people, right? That's why God uses sheep as, as like people as an analogy. Sheep, they cannot fend for themselves. They need to be given food, water, shelter. They cannot clean or groom themselves. Any cuts or wounds need to be attended to. So you can see that sheep are totally helpless without the shepherd. Kind of sounds like us, right? Kind of sounds like us. You know, there's also this condition called cast sheep or cast down sheep. It's when a sheep kind of lies down and he stretches out his legs. And if he happens to be in a, a little little uh, depression in the ground, he'll like suddenly roll over on his back. And he'll, because of his center of gravity will, will shift and his legs go straight up. And you know what? He can't roll back over. He can't stand up. He's just stuck with, with his legs up in the air. Meh, meh, meh. The danger is all the blood will you know, come out of his legs and gases build up in his stomach. And if he's left, the sheep can die in that sense. So the shepherd comes, rescues the sheep, and puts it back on their feet. And that's really what we see in verse 3. He restores my soul. That's what. Jehovah Ra'ah does. He takes care of every need. He takes care of everything, whether it's provisional, physical, emotional, mental, or spiritual. Is that you maybe today? Maybe, maybe you can't get back on your feet. Maybe you've been knocked down. Maybe you're worrying about what you need or what you lack. Maybe, maybe you're thinking about what you don't have, but you know what? Trust the shepherds care for you. Be content. David said, I shall not want. I don't need to want because I know God will take care of whatever I need and he'll even bless you more. So trust Jehovah Ra'ah to take care of everything. Number two, trust Jehovah Ra'ah to guide you safely through. To guide you safely through. Look at verse 4 here in Psalm 23. It says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So notice this. Even though the shepherd may lead the sheep through the valley, yeah, through those hard times, you know what? These sheep still feel safe. There is no fear. Why? Because the shepherd is right there with them. Because when it says you in verse 4, I will fear no evil for you are with me, that's Jehovah Ra'ah is 
with me. Understand, sheep have no built-in defenses. They don't have sharp teeth. They don't have sharp claws. If a predator comes, you know what? They're, they're easy to be eaten. They can wander off real easily. They lose their sense of direction. They get lost, and so they become easy prey. But with the shepherd, the sheep feel safe. And, the, and notice here that the shepherd, Jehovah Ra, protects them. says, you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Why is that? Well, the rod is this two-foot club, basically. And it's used to, to fight off all the predators, the wolves and the, all that want to come and eat the sheep. So that's a club. The staff is this six-foot like stick with a little crook on the end, a, a, a little turn on the end. And, and the shepherd will use that, maybe poke holes to, to you know, chase away snakes or scorpions. He'll also, he'll use that staff to guide the sheep, come, oh, come back a little bit this way, come back a little bit this way. Or if the sheep is, is stuck maybe on a, a, a little cliff or ledge and he can't really reach him, he'll, he'll actually take that staff, six-foot staff, and kind of hook the sheep and bring them up over toward him. So with those implements, the sheep feel safe. And that's why they can, even though in the valley, they can still feel safe. And in verse 5 it says that they can eat in peace, even surrounded by predators. In verse 5 it says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Because the shepherd is there. In, in his book, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23, Philip Keller wrote this, I came to realize that nothing so quieted and reassured the sheep as to see me in the field. The presence of their master and protector put them at ease as nothing else could do. So trust Jehovah Ra to guide you safely through no matter what you're going through. Know that. You know, understand that sometimes He does lead us through those valleys. Sometimes He does lead us to those places. But the shepherd knows. And the shepherd will still protect you. And we must trust the shepherd that He will guide us safely through that valley. What's your valley you're going through right now? What is that? Is it an issue maybe of finances? Maybe, maybe something going on with your loved one? Maybe there's sickness? Maybe, maybe you're going through some suffering and pain or you're hurt. Have confidence in the shepherd. Yeah. As long as he's there, you're going to be okay. He's going to guide you safely through. All right, number three, the last thing here is trust Jehovah Ra to secure your future. Trust Jehovah Ra to secure your future. Now, look at verse 6 of Psalm 23, the last verse. It says here, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So the psalmist David writes, Surely, certainly, yeah, God's goodness and mercy, it's going to follow me. It's going to be there in my life here on the earth. It's going to be there guaranteed. You can count on Jehovah Ra, the shepherd, that he will never run out right, of that goodness and mercy. He'll never run. He'll, he's going to be there. He's going to be lovingly caring for you throughout your whole life here on earth. And not only that, the future beyond that is also secure. David writes here that, uh, and I shall dwell. The word dwell there, it means to like settle down or remain. And, and so you will 
in the end, in eternity, in Christ Jesus, you will dwell in the house of the Lord. What's the house of the Lord? Heaven. Eternity. And how long will that be? Forever. For eternity. So God secures my place in heaven. So when you think about Job the Lord our shepherd, your shepherd, he has your future secure, whether this life here on earth, and after that into eternity. This is Jehovah. This is the, the God that we have who cares for us. Notice back in verse 1 of, of Psalm 23, it says, The Lord is what? My shepherd. Yeah? That means the sheep belong to the shepherd. And we belong to God. And if you belong to God in Jesus Christ, He will take care of you on this earth. Then He will get you home to heaven. Guaranteed. And no, this, this is Jehovah, you guys. You know, Jehovah actually, remember, comes from Yahweh. And this was really first found in, um, well, the, the real uh, 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 kind of expanding it was in Exodus 3.14. Remember when Moses asked God, who, who should I say is sending me to deliver the people of Israel? And the Lord said, well, tell him this, I am who I am. And in the Hebrew word is Elia Asher Elia. I am who I am. Elia Elia means to be. So basically God was saying, I am who is, I am who was, and will be. I am the great I am. That's what he was saying. So he was here in this declaration, Elia or Yahweh turned out to be. God is saying, I'm self-existent. I'm self-sufficient. I'm the eternal Lord God. And that means that God, God just exists. Yeah? Before anything was created. God is self-sufficient. He doesn't need anybody to exist. And He's eternal. He's always existed and will always exist. This is your shepherd. This is Jehovah Ra'a to you. And this is the one who watches over you. And this is the one who will take care of your eternal future. Let this be assurance, you guys, that Jehovah Ra is there for you. Put your confidence and hope in Him. And if you put it all together, it's wonderful to think of Jehovah Elohim and Jehovah Ra. Let me close with this. Uh, we recently watched this movie. I don't know if you guys seen Harriet. It's about Harriet Tubman. After escaping slavery herself in, in the 18, mid-1800s, uh, she bravely went back and rescued others, and she ended up working for the Underground Railroad, bringing us, us, uh, black slaves from the south up, into, up to the north. They say that when she went, she took nothing with her except a gun, and she had this special discernment about danger, and she would always stop, and call upon the Lord in critical moments. I don't know, I, 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 you should watch that if you can. True story. Her trust in Jehovah Ra'a really is seen when she said, uh, "'Twas me, t'was the Lord. I always told him, I trust you. I don't know where to go or what to do, but I expect you to lead me. And he always did. And I think about her and how she put her trust in her shepherd, Jehovah Rabbah. Well, this is the end of the seven names. And this is 
our Lord God. This is your Lord God. Jehovah Jireh, right? The provider. The Lord, your provider. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, your healer. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, your victory. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord, your peace. Jehovah Shama, right? The Lord is ever present in your life. And today, Jehovah Elohim, the Lord, your creator, your powerful creator. And Jehovah Raha, the Lord, your shepherd. I encourage you guys, take these things, meditate on his names. Start praying them. Start worshiping in your prayer time these names, thanking God. Let it seep into your mind and your heart and help you as we live on this world, in this, on this earth here. And you'll find more faith, more trust, and you'll fall in love of our Lord Jesus even more as you reflect on the seven names of God. Let's pray. Jesus, we once again thank you for uh, your word, Lord. We thank you for being here. We thank you for God just speaking to us, Lord, encouraging us and continue to give us hope and trust in you. And Lord, I pray that these seven names will become part of our lives, that we would not only have them memorized, but they become more real than ever before as we go through this life. So God, I ask that you would touch our hearts now, Lord. That you would truly be and come, Lord, into our lives as our Jehovah, Lord. As our Lord, the covenant name, Lord. You want to have a relationship with us. God, that you would be our Jehovah Elohim and our Jehovah Ra today. So, Lord, may we go forth, Lord, from this place and find out more about you, Lord, and come into a deeper relationship. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.